all this thrift shop conversation in the mill spouse community, it got me to thinking, y'all, we need higher ticket items on the thrift market. Mm-hmm. More on this in this episode of Stationed with Stories. Station with Stories. That's it. All right. You are listening to Stationed with Stories. I'm your host, Kalisha Hollis-Jesse. And as we get started, let me just say that these are my thoughts, my thoughts, my thoughts, my thoughts. And they do not represent or reflect the positions, opinions, or views of the U.S. Armed Forces in any way. Now that we have that out of the way, hi, peeps. Really excited, y'all. We are moving in this thing. We are moving. Episode 11. Once again, thanks to everyone who has been with me from the beginning. But if you are just checking in, this is a podcast. You are talking with me. It's just a little chat about this male spouse life. For all of you newbies out there, I see you because I am a newbie as well into this life. And if you're male spouse curious, you know, mill curious, I'll call it military curious. I'm here for you too. Just sharing my thoughts, sharing my perspectives, and having a little fun, y'all. We're just having a little fun. All right, so to begin, we are going to start with our book. The book that I just finished, y'all, is Americana by Jomanda Ngozi Adichie. And I love Adichie. I actually read her for the first time, I think I was in high school, pretty sure. And I read Purple Hibiscus. She's known for Purple Hibiscus. She also wrote Half a Yellow Sun, which had a lot of acclaim. And she also wrote We Should All Be Feminist. She has a couple of other books and titles under her name. She's great. Really great. I am a big fan of her TED Talk that really went viral, I think, even outside of people who read her work, which is the TED Talk where she talks about the danger of a single story. So if you haven't seen that TED Talk, you can find it on YouTube, other places, I'm sure. Watch it. Watch it. As a writer, I really resonated with what she was saying in that particular TED Talk. So good. Anyway, Americana, it came out in 2013. And I just let y'all know, I'm the kind of person, I like to read books that are very current, but I also like to go back. I mean, it is impossible to read everything that comes out as it comes out. For those who review only books that are in the year within a couple of months of coming out, good for them. Y'all, that's great. I do that too sometimes, but sometimes I just want to go back and I just hadn't got to Americana. So went back, read Americana, 2013, it came out. And it won the National Book Critics Circle Award for Fiction. It was a New York Times bestseller. And I see why. My three words, because I like to share with you all just pretty succinctly my thoughts about the books that I read or short stories or whatever it is. My three words, perceptive, smart, unsatisfied. Okay, so perceptive. This book, it is very perceptive because the premise of the book, this young Nigerian-American or she might have just called herself Nigerian in America, woman who is navigating her space and you meet her when she has decided to go back to Nigeria. 
And there's a love story that I think is a big focus, but not the only focus, not even the main focus of this book because it's perceptive. It really is a book through the narrator, through the main character that is very keen on breaking down American culture, breaking down the nuances of American culture, particularly as it relates to race. And there are just so many spot on ways that the protagonist can see and break down how America reckons with race and how particularly being a non-American Black person, she sees the world and how Black Americans view their world. And it's just so perceptive. Things that you just, Americanisms that if you are American listening to this, you just think, wow, we are like that. Wow, America is like that. I didn't even think about that. The way that we speak, the language that we choose to use, euphemisms, lots of euphemisms that y'all, I don't even think about on a daily basis, but I'm like, yeah, when we say this, we really mean that if you're American and dealing with these different topics. So very perceptive and smart. The second word that I have is smart. Spot on, I think, in cultural criticism. Yeah. Yeah. It's just really good cultural criticism and not with any bite or sting. There's no stinger in this criticism. There's no stinger in the analysis that the protagonist has, but it's just really smart. And even the relationships, I say the book is smart because the relationships feel really real. They, they feel like relationships that you have heard about or maybe you have been in. And particularly with the struggles that the protagonist goes through and even the secondary characters, their struggles are just smart. There's, I think there were smart choices to have them go through the different struggles that they were going through. And I should say perceptive and smart. From a, For, I guess, a majority of this book, we are seeing it through the protagonist's lens of being in America or a secondary character's lens of living in America, but there are also a lot of chapters that are in Nigeria and also in the UK. They pretty much are all in London or surrounding areas in the UK and England. So that that's good. It's just perceptive and smart, smart problems that they have, I think, from a writer's perspective. And then the last word I used was unsatisfied because at the end of the book, and I'll tell y'all my perspective, I didn't like the ending. That's just me. That's how I felt. I I know I have a bias though. You know, anytime recklessness wins, <laughs> anytime there's like some major disturbance of families and that kind of thing, I'm always like, Mm-mm, I don't like it. Mm-mm, you can't just be disturbing families like this, but it is what it is. I think it speaks to a truth that is unsavory truth in my opinion but you know the protagonist has the end that maybe is satisfying for some I wasn't very satisfied with the ending I didn't like it the way it ended for her but I understand writers have to make choices so it's for some people they're gonna be like whoo yay for me I was like Mm-mm, no 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 we can't Th- this foolishness cannot win the day but it does and judge for yourself if you decide to pick it up but it is unsatisfied because there's a yearning in all of the characters, major, minor characters that just never really 
get satisfied. And I would argue even at the ending where maybe a major piece is completed, I don't think either character really feels satisfied with how things ended up. So there's this, and obviously I'm talking about the characters, but the the text itself, the critiques, the reflections, the analysis, there's always a yearning. It's just unsatisfied with itself, right? The text points out all of these moments of dissonance and friction and clashes even, and it's not ever really satisfied with itself. And so unsatisfied in a way that keeps you thinking, keeps you thinking past that moment in the text. Once again, perceptive, smart, unsatisfied. Those are my thoughts about the book Americana. Really good. Check it out. Adichie is a really great writer and uh, I really enjoyed this. This is no different. All right. Moving on to the topic of the day. Y'all, I was on Facebook because Facebook is life in the community that I'm in. Like everything is on Facebook. Even official things get posted on Facebook quicker than you see them anywhere else anyway. So I'm looking on Facebook and I saw this spouse's post in my community. And they were basically saying their words, the thrift shop on base was a joke. And the post went on just to talk about how this particular spouse had been saving up things to drop off at the thrift shop on our base for a while. And when they got there to drop off at the designated time, they only have two times a month where you can drop off things. They had already taken in the max amount of stuff that they could take in. And so this particular person had to drive back home with all their stuff that they wanted to donate and couldn't donate. And they were upset, y'all. I'm so sorry to the spouse. The spouse was upset and went to Facebook how the world does. You know, they go to Facebook and post. And I mean, people had all kinds of things to say in response, comments about how overworked these volunteers are and how overwhelming it is when they get all these things and they have to sort them out and lug them over to the thrift shop and set it up and this, that, and the other. And then other people were commiserating. Yeah, it's a crazy thing because I tried to donate too and everything in between, right? And so I thought it was interesting, right? Just think about it. This person is trying to give away stuff that they don't want. And they are outraged that they can't give it away. They are outraged, yes. And I and I thought about it. Thrifting is such a lifestyle in the military. Thrifting is the way. It is the way to the point where people are upset when they cannot give their stuff away so people can thrift it. Yeah, isn't that a wonderful life? When people are just like, I I just can't, I just can't give my stuff away. It's, I mean, I'm making a joke of it, but this person was serious and I feel it. I feel that, you know, you've been bringing all this stuff together to give it away and you can't give it away. But thrifting is a life, y'all. It's, it's interesting. And I don't know if there are other communities that are so into thrift, like the mill spouse community. This new person that I met, I said, hey, you want to meet at the thrift shop? We can go have fun thrifting together. Y'all, this is not an original idea because I've heard other people make thrift dates. So no, I didn't come up with this on my own. It was it was something that I've heard other people do. We're going to go thrifting together. 
Can you imagine going thrifting with a perfect stranger and just like buy stuff that is secondhand together in bonding? Right? We we're not we're not going to the movies. Oh no, we're not going to the park to have a chat. We are not going out to lunch. We're not going for coffee. We're going thrifting. That is our friend date for the day. And we we're just getting to know each other. So that piece is really funny to me. I remember even just you know, a few days ago, one of my small group members saying, yeah, we were going thrifting. And I said, thrifting? And it's so funny. She's like, yeah, Kalisha, I have to take you thrifting. I'll make sure to take you thrifting. Like this is, this is real currency. This thrifting business, it's real business. People want to be included in thrifting. And it's, it's funny, y'all. It got me to thinking. All this thrift shop conversation in the mill spouse community, it got me to thinking, y'all. We need higher ticket items on the thrift market. Mm-hmm. We need higher ticket items. What do I mean, y'all? So these things exist. Let me just say that. These things exist, but not in the thrift experience that the people want to have. And let me, before I get to my three things that I think we need to have on this thrift market, the thing that makes thrifting lovely, I think, It's because you get good stuff with a discerning eye for a great price. Mm -hmm. Who doesn't love to say, hey, I got these shoes for 50 cent after someone says, I love your shoes, right? I mean, that's a win when people are looking at you and saying, oh, that is lovely, 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 lovely. And you're like, I paid pennies on on a dollar or cent on a yen or wherever you are. So that's that's the thing. And then you get to look through a lot of stuff that somebody just doesn't care for anymore. And you repurpose them. You give them life. We love that expression. It gives me life. Thrifters give objects life. That's what we like about the thrifting process. Yes, it's one thing to have someone tell you that we have these great new products on sale that are brand new. And they're selling it to you. They're like pushing it down your throat. Take this, try that. Do you want to have that? Upgrade for this. Oh, you know, that's how people sell new things. But the way people sell old things, they throw it in a bin. They throw it on a hanger. They put it in, in a parking lot stacked on top of each other. And they say, if you want it, go get it. And that's the kind of experience we like because you you look down on this stuff. You didn't think this stuff was really worthy, but we thrifters, we feel like it's worthy. We know it's worthy. We're going to go out there and find the treasures. Mm-hmm. We're going to give these things life. That's why people like to thrift. So back to my story, it got me to thinking the big ticket items we need. First, cars. Let's get some thrifting of cars. And no, I don't mean used car dealerships or what do they call it now? They call it pre-owned. There we go. They call it pre-owned now, right? Pre-owned vehicle, that used vehicle, same thing. But no, I don't want that experience either because the same thing, those used car salespeople, they push things down your throat and they just want, oh, what about this? What about that? And then you have to haggle with them and that's stressful if you're the type of person who just doesn't want to have to haggle with people back and forth about a car that you're not 100% sure will do what it needs to do because it might have something tricky that's wrong with it that you don't find out until like three months later, right? So no, not that experience. And I have to admit that I have not done the online buying process thing. And I, I think some of y'all probably have. So let me know if it's good 
because if it's good, then sure. But no, I mean a thrifting experience. A thrift, when you go in and you look at these different cars, it's just thrown together, all mixed, matched and in different areas of a same parking lot that don't have any type of logical ordering. And sometimes maybe it does have a logical ordering, but you just get to look around, you know, and say, oh, did y'all see that one? Yes, in the corner, that car in the corner. Great price. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I looked all around it. Yep, I got a chance to try it and everything. And mm-hmm, I think I'm going to get it. It's a great, great steal, right? We need thrifting for cars. The thrift experience for cars would be so pleasant. Number two, vacations. Can you imagine? Once again, it exists where you can go online and go to a site and compare prices for different vacations or they throw you like 30% off this vacation or we're doing a site-wide, you know, 50% off on Mexican vacations, that kind of thing. But no, a thrifty experience? Oh, fantastic. Can you imagine going into a, a big room and looking around at vacations? Just imagine maybe it's a screen. You look at the screens or maybe it's like a little tag, you know, kind of like you move the clothes on a hanger and you're just looking at different vacations and you're just like, oh, did you see that one's in Peru? Oh, fantastic. I loved it. Right. The, the thrifting experience of just finding that treasure that someone just tossed out there. Yes. Vacations. Oh. Just vacations, thrifting vacations rather than having to click and look at sites at 3 a.m. in the morning to see if the prices have gone down for tickets and for accommodations. No, just put it all together. These different trips, random trips. And maybe you were looking for a trip to South Africa today and they just didn't have it today at the thrift store for vacations. Mm -hmm. But then you go another day and it's there. That's how thrifting is. You know, you just never know how delighted you might be. We need thrifted vacations. Last thing I got for y'all, houses. Yes, houses. We need thrifted houses. And no, 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 no. I don't mean auctions because people can get houses via auction. I know that happens. That's stressful. Mm -hmm. Bidding against other people. And no, I don't mean foreclosures. That's tragic for somebody. They didn't give that freely. They lost that. And thrifting is all about getting things that people wanted at one point and then didn't want at another point. Let's do that for houses. Anybody just want to give up a house and just put it in the thrift shop for houses? Oh, yes. Walk up. Oh, we're going thrifting for houses. Yes, yes. And you go and you're like, oh, wow. Did you see? that house and I mean I mean a full experience I mean let me walk into that house virtually let me let me feel get a feel for the house and the plot around it and all of that good stuff the apartment whatever let me just go into it but let it be in a, a room where it's not too overwhelming and it's not on the internet where I have to click 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 and be scrolling through and liking things and trying to remember where it was no let it be in one room so I can have the ex- full experience of thrifting for the house I love it. Yes. Did you see that house? Yes. Yep. The one in Rome. Oh, beautiful. I would love to have that house or, or, you know, I saw that house in Kentucky, the three bedroom. You found a three bedroom. Yes. It's over there. Second aisle on the end. There was a three bedroom in Kentucky. Mm -hmm. Lexington actually loved it. If we had the experience that joyous experience 
of finding the diamond in the rough of these big ticket items in a big room. Just stuff just piled on top of each other, but it was houses and cars and vacations. Yes. So we need that, y'all. I'm just saying. Thrifting is the way, and we just need to go higher with the thrifting. All right, moving on to the last section of this podcast, I am going to share with you all a very fun piece. It is called How to Get Walked. Hear the car rounding the corner. Run to the window. Hop on your hind legs in the window. Make sure they see you. When they open the door, prance around like you're doing the Cupid shuffle, then rush them. Lick them with your saliva-packed tongue. Relish their tussling of your fur. When they stand erect and move to pass you, block their path. Yelp, then whine. Sit. No, no. Lie down in front of them. Scratch at the door that they have just closed. Whine some more. Scratch the door again. Place your head on your paws and look up at them. Humans call that puppy dog eyes. Close your lids a little when they pat your head again. When they stop stroking you behind the ears, because we know they will, turn on your back, wiggle a little, make them scratch your belly. This prolonged rubbing session builds connection. You're on their mind now. Stretch dramatically and hop up once it's done. Try in front of them and shake your body a little. It's cute if you're long-furred, but you baldies can do it too. Trot straight to your leash and whimper. Hop in the air. Look distressed. Make your eyes really wide with yearning. If they walk to another part of the house, run to them. Bark wildly like old yeller. Snatch at the leash with your jaw and drag it to them. Proffer it in front of them. Pause forward. Booty up. Downward dog them. That's right. Make them see that leash. If they toss you a treat to placate you, remember, that's a trick. Yes, gobble the treat, savor its tastiness, but don't forget the goal. Snack time over, get back focused. Paw the front of their legs, roll over frantically. Let them know you've been wronged. If all else fails, run to the window and howl at the moon or the sun or the trees, whatever's out. Howl loud enough to rouse that matronly Labrador next door. She's a trusty ally who'll join your cry. The Rottweiler on the next block will join in, too. That pup's always bored. Now that it sounds like a fire truck parade, your human is finally defeated. Princess, they grab the leash. Look grateful. Lick their face when they stoop to clamp it on your collar. While you're trotting down the sidewalk, look back at them once or twice. Look really happy to be out. Don't chase errant squirrels in a park. Don't growl at the Pomeranian with those two tight sweaters, even though all the neighborhood pups hate that Pomeranian with the two tight sweaters. Pee only when needed. Be cool. You're out for a walk. Sniff a few tails, but don't get carried away. Poop in a grassy area? Then kick up dust on your poop like you're trying to bury it. You're not, of course, but humans find this endearing. Be endearing. Because that's how you get them to walk you again, on your terms, tomorrow. And the day after that, and the day after that. 
All right, y'all. I hope you enjoyed this episode, Station with Stories. Kalisha Hollis Jesse, I'm your host. Make sure you check out all of the social media pages and the website, stationwithstories.com, YouTube, Station with Stories, Instagram and Twitter, stationed underscore stories. And y'all, since we're talking about thrifting, just gonna let y'all know that I have a thrifting page. Yes, on Instagram, it is underscore the gift of thrift. Okay, so not station stories related, just some fun stuff. I love thrifting. It's an honest podcast for me. I really do enjoy it. And I love putting together fun outfits. That's all for today, y'all. It's been real. It's been fun. Next week, I'll be with you once again. Station with stories. I'm your host, Kalisha Hollis-Jesse. Bye, peeps.